Pat Neves from Black Label Society and SpeedX, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. The Iron City Rocks podcast is a podcast devoted to promoting Pittsburgh-based rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues music. I'll be your host, John. Episode 17 is going to be a special episode where I had a chance to speak with guitarist extraordinaire Nick Catanese, who's risen to fame with Black Label Society and is now working also on a sideband, Speed X which features uh, Mike Stone, former guitarist of Queensryche and of the Peter Chris Band. Uh, I had a chance to speak with him recently, um, talk about all kinds of different things, so I hope you enjoy the interview. Right now, yeah. Oh, Lord, yeah, right now. 
get too low when you're so damn high. Oh, child, I've been out moving on the blessed hill. So damn high on the blessed hell right Thank you very much. Okay, folks, on the line we have uh, Black Label Society, Speed X, and uh, also the movie Rockstar fame. We have uh, Pittsburgh's own Nick Katniss. How you doing, Nick? I'm doing good, man. Hey, thanks for taking the time to be on the show. Um, give the listeners kind of a background, uh, who you are, where you came from, how you got to where you're at, uh, so we can all figure out how to follow in your footsteps. Um, oh. you, you you are originally from Pittsburgh? Yeah. The area? Oh, yeah. Yep, and, born um, and raised. Born and raised, and um, you, do you still live in the Pittsburgh area currently, or you? Yeah. Just, well, you, you know, I have, I have, uh, you know, I have a place in LA, but um, you know, I come back because my folks and everything are here, and just uh, yeah, you know, it doesn't back. seem like you, you get to unpack very much. Anyway, no, kind of, no, you're on no, a bus more than anything. Yeah, so, um, yeah. For those of you who haven't uh, kind of read your life story like I have, can you just give us an idea of how you got involved in music? When you know, when did you start playing guitar? That kind of thing. Um, well, um, I got interested probably um, when I was probably eleven, twelve, something like that. And uh, just uh, you know, I heard Eddie Van Halen the first time. I heard uh, you know Eruption and everything, and just I just heard that. I'm like, I got to figure out how that's done, and. and you know, that was probably the most amazing thing I've ever heard. And, and um, so I started playing and, and, oh yeah. And um, just, uh, you know, started playing and uh, my grandfather used to, you know, he used to play every instrument and uh, he used to, you know, play piano and guitar and bass and everything. And he, uh, you know, he always told me to, you know, practice every day and everything. And, and uh, so it, you know, I just started, started playing and, and um, me and, me and a buddy of mine from school, we, you know, used to, you know, play down in the basement. I had a crappy guitar, you know, like a C-Series Les Paul copy, and and um, he used to beat on buckets, and, and, you know, we used to play play along with, like, Kiss songs and, and Ted Nugent songs and, you know, stuff like that, and just got, you know, started taking lessons and got, uh, you know, got better and, and just kept practicing and, and uh, started a band when I was probably 15, and band was together for like 10 years and just uh high voltage yeah exactly. yep got to you know tour up and down the east coast and you know record a couple cds and you know play you know everywhere and just uh you know went from that and and um and then in 96 i uh things kind of you know went sour with uh with high voltage and just um 
was going to go to computer school, and I uh, I saw Zach's email address and and uh, Metal Edge or something, and, and uh, just sent him an email. I said, if you ever need a guitar player, let me know. And and, uh, and apparently he did. Because 13 years later, here we are. So it's it's pretty it's pretty insane. Yeah, I actually had the pleasure of seeing High Voltage back in the day. I believe it was probably about '89 or so. Uh, oh, wow. Guys playing a club. It was it was cool because I had never made the connection uh, until just about a year or so ago. And I'm, wow. Mm-hmm. And you know, I saw him way back when. Um, mm-hmm. Now you joined you joined Zach. Was it the kind of when he was? Where was he like career wise? It was right around Book of Shadows. Yeah, that was that was when I came in. Yeah. Book of Shadows, okay. and uh, just um, he, you know, he was out touring by himself, and uh, he's like, you know, I need to bring a, a, you know, rhythm guitar player out because it was just him on acoustic and piano, and, and um, yeah. so I, you know, <laughs> he flew here. I mean, like, I I just sent him a tape and a picture, and he flew to Pittsburgh, and I had to pick him up and at the airport, <laughs> and here I am picking up like my idol, you know, at the airport, like no pressure, and. Uh, and he came to the house, and we sat here and just jammed, and he ate, you know, we ate dinner, and and you know, went out for my birthday, and I mean, it was it was crazy, you know, and and he's sitting there, you know, playing on my guitars, and next thing you know, we're we're out touring in, in an Astro van, and we did like sixteen thousand miles in an Astro van in like three months, two months, something like that, and it was just me and him, a tour manager and a stage uh, guy, and and um. And all our gear packed into the Astro van. I mean, like, I was like, here we are. Like, I was Zach Wild, and we're in an Astro van. I was like, what, what the hell? Like, you know, we had a Boston yeah. high voltage. You know, and I'm like, wait a minute. This is, you know, this is supposed to be national level, man. I'm, you yeah, know, driving an Astro van. Yeah, I'm driving an Astro van through the middle of Arizona, almost on E. You know, I'm like, what? Like, you know, and, and back then it wasn't cell. Well, you know, there were cell phones, but it was like the bag. You know, I mean, it wasn't. Oh like yeah. It, like everybody had cell phones or whatever, and I mean, it's you know, it's it's been a it's been a crazy ride, man. You know, you weren't you weren't able to read his Twitter uh, page oh, while you were dude, out. Oh, dude, dude, I, I, that is the funniest thing because like he's twittering, and here like I, just one day I remember him calling me. He's like wanted to fax me something. I, I remember saying to his like seven year old daughter back then. I mean, you know, she was. She was young. He's like, he's like, Haley, how do I do this? Yeah, and she's like, like a six-year-old showing him how to fax. I'm like, wow. And now he's Twitter, and I'm like, man, he's getting, he's getting good with the uh, technology now. I mean, it's. For those of you who huh? don't, uh, if you don't follow Zach Wild's uh, t- uh, tweets on Twitter, it is, is incredibly humorous. Oh, uh, it, not yeah, exactly yeah. Uh, insightful, but they're funny as heck. Yeah. Um, so you. Now, do you, do you um, I, obviously you've been playing live with uh, Black Label, but do you do uh, any of the studio recordings, or is that all Zach um, with a drummer and a bass player? Yeah, that's 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 all pretty much Zach. It's it's a okay. you know it's it's kind of a you know kind of a you know a thing where you know he you know he writes you know he writes the riffs and everything and and um, you know having us out there it's you know he's paying for paying for every you know paying for Craig to be out there paying for JD to be out there paying you know paying songs and you know whatever I mean it's you know and having like a bunch of people on one thing it's like having like eight paintbrushes in the can you know when you're trying to paint a painting and and like he already knows you know what he's writing and and everything and just 
you know, just record it so we can get out on the road and, and play. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. you know, I'd rather be on the road anyway, but, um, yeah, it, but, I, I you just know, read recently. I'm sorry, go ahead. But no, I mean, that, you know, that just kind of like, um, you know, kind of, you know, led into where I, you know, I am with speed X. It's just, it's just, uh, you know, I had a lot sure. of risks. Yeah. So speed X is sort of your black label society as Zach had Ozzy and black label. Yeah, well, you know, creative it, outlet. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, how you did know, you? It, how did you start what? working with Mike? Mike, how did you uh, end up working with Mike Stone? Was he with Green um, Park? You... Yeah, yeah. We um, it was during the Nam show in uh, California, and we did a we did the thing called the Black Tooth Bash. It was for Dimebag, and and mm-hmm. um, just uh, he, you know, we got paired up, and um. It was me and, and and Stone and JD from Black Label and my, Brian Tishy and uh, played in Pride and Glory and you know Billy Idol and everything and it, mm. and uh, you know, all of us got together and jammed and and uh, me and Stone hit it off and uh, you know kept in touch and you know I knew I wanted to put a put a band together and and um, you know we went to Atlanta that's where uh, Mike Froge he, um, he plays drums in Speed X and played in uh, mm. band, uh, called Double Drive and plays with a bunch of people, plays with uh, uh Jesse from um from um uh, Jackal. Okay. Plays with him, you know, a couple times and, you know, just a great drummer and, you know, has the studio that we record in. So me and Stone uh went down with Mike and uh we you know, basically this band's taken like so many twists. It was um it started out with me, Stone and Mike and uh Stone played bass and sang and you know, Mike played drums. I played guitar. Then it went from Stone playing bass to we brought uh, Josh Sattler, who played bass in Double Drive. We brought him in, and mm-hmm. Stone went to guitar. I'm like, you know what? You're you know, you're too good of a guitar player not to not to play guitar. And you know, I wanted two guitars in the band, and I'm like, let's you know, let's just team up and and you know, play play the you know, play like we did before. And so he. Uh, you know, he went to guitar and sang, and and uh, Josh came in, and he had a bunch of great tunes, and and um, and we started recording and did a couple shows, and then you know it just cut, you know got kind of hard to you know from uh, Stone to sing and play guitar and you know all this stuff, and you know so we brought a singer in, and so Stone went from the bass player singer to guitar player singer to guitar player. I mean he's. He's, you know, he's been such a team player. It's, it's, you know, I give him a lot of credit. I mean, there's, you know, it just shows like the caliber of person he is because it, there's been a lot of people. If they would have had an ego, they'd have been like, you know what, kiss my butt, man, I'm out of here. You know, it, it's, yeah. you're, you know, sending me all these places. But it was just us trying to find, find the right, you know, the right mix. You know, because I just want to do this and do it right, and and that's it. So, you know, you have uh, John Fowler on vocals now. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, Jason, Jason Fowler. I'm sorry, Jason. And he, yeah. what was his background? Is he? Huh? Was he in another band? Was he in another band prior to Speed X or? Yeah, I mean, he does a lot of stuff. I mean, if you, um, you know, he has a, um, you know, MySpace page and everything with his songs that he did. And I mean, he's just, I mean, he's, yeah, he's a great guitar player in his own right. And you know, so we have, you know, three competent guitar players that, you know, can play and and. Uh, his, you know, his voice is just insane, and, you know, the thing I like about it is it's, you know, it's different, but it's funny, because it's, 
to me and you because we grew up in the you know the 80s and 90s it's mm-hmm. it, you know it wouldn't be different to us but it's it's different for the way it, the sound is now because he has more of that clean um you know upper register kind of voice you know what i mean not the growly kind of just yeah. droney yeah. everything sucks voice you know what i mean like yeah. like the you know, i'm depressed i want to kill myself voice you know it's just you know it, it you know it makes the songs you know just you know Invite, not up, yeah not yeah not upbeat happy but more like just uh you know straight down the middle kind of just just a rock band, you know what I mean? It's just a, it's just a rock band, and, and you know, I think everything that we're we're trying to do, I think, is gonna, you know, help because of that. You know, it just has its own sound now. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Like when you and I grew up, you had like David Lee Roth and Paul Stanley and Bruce Dickinson and and singers like yep. that that were like, yep. you know, and yep. now, and not to take anything away from it, and I don't know how they get through a whole set, but singers with like Kill Switch Engage and stuff like that were. You know, it's, it's yeah. a totally different way of singing, and and I don't know. You know what? You know, really easier no, I mean, than the other. Yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, man, it's you know, I respect what they do. You know, I respect that. You know, the whole, uh, you know, the whole thing of that. But you know, I really can't. I can't get into it. Like, you know, I, you know, I respect, and you know, I know Mark Morton from you know Lamb of God and everything. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's amazing. I mean, that dude just he shreds and that band is the band's you know huge you know they're you know they're an amazing band and they're got a ton of success but like you know is you know even with like pantera i mean like you know i used to listen to pantera to listen to dime and vinnie like you know and listen to like the grooves that they wrote and everything and like just the screaming like the screaming growling like i it just kind of like i couldn't listen to a whole album all the way through it's like Give me the Stones. Give me, you know, give me Van Halen. Give me, you know, Judas Priest. Give me, you know, Kid. They're just, you know, songs that's not just like, rah, 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 like, dude, you know, like, uh, I, you know I, what I mean? Completely hear you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll take, uh, you yeah. know, 45 minutes of British Steel. Yeah. Uh, the melody to the vocals as opposed to. Uh, oh, totally. You know, yeah, and even like. Cookie Monster. Even, yeah, you know, even like Damage Plan, when Damage Plan, you know, came out, it, you know, Pat sang, you know, there was songs that he sang, but then he had, you know, a growl, so that was, that was awesome, I mean, that was like a, but, you know, that was a happy medium, you know, of both, but, you know, but there, but there is that side of like, man, I don't, they, you know, they gotta have like, you know, vocal cords of steel to, you know, to do that, I mean, oh. I, I, I don't know how they physically, because, you know, God, yeah. if you talk too much or whatever, it's like, you're like I can't even, you know. Yeah, I I, I, I don't swallow or numb. I, mean, I don't know how like Corey Taylor gets through the week. You know. Yeah. I, mean, I think he's an he has an amazing singing voice on top of that guttural kind of sound that he makes, and you know I respect oh, the heck yeah, out yeah. of him. But if I had my choice, sing please. You know, but that seems to not be the way the industry is right now. So. Oh yeah. Well, that's that's you know where we're trying to, you know, trying to do our own thing and you know try to come up with a different sound because it's just you know, give it its own <laughs> sound, you know. Yeah, and that's important. You know, you got to have your own voice as an artist. You know, I mean, yeah. it sounded like if you came out and sounded exactly like Shadows Fall. Well, you know, we've already right. got Shadows Fall, so what is you know, you know, 
Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Every that's you want. right, right. It, it, you know, it's that, and that's you know, honestly, that's the hardest thing is everything's been done. You know, everything's yeah. been done. Everything is is just uh, you know out there, and there's and there's so many bands, and there's so many different tastes and, and you know genres. It's it's um it's hard, you know, because everybody will sit there and say like, oh well, you sound like this, you sound like this, you know, it, it's you know, it's hard to come on and go, man, they are just completely original. You know, yeah, I think it, 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 it's hard. George Lynch had said it best, there's only 12 notes, so at some point... Right. Every every riff has been done in some respect. And I, I, you know, I've kind of asked this question, of, I believe, of um, the singer of Rusted Root, you know, does the internet make it better or worse? Because there are so many bands. You know, MySpace makes it, you know, so easy. You can get, you know, download a pirated copy of, of software and have a song on MySpace in a couple hours, you know. That yeah. I mean that's 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 the hard thing is, you know, unfortunately you don't you don't make money through record sales. It just doesn't no. happen. I mean No, I just had read uh, Steve Morris had a perfect quote. I do records as charity work touring, I make a living. You know, and right. it's a nail right on the head. I think there's very few artists that can move records the way they used to. I mean, the Beatles, obviously. Um, you know, and I had read, I think, Kiss's new album's projected to sell about 170,000 copies this week. But, you know, it's wow. Wow. I mean, I saw, disc- them on Letterman. <laughs> I saw them on Letterman, man. It's, you know, I love Kiss. I mean, Kiss is the reason why I started, you know, in this. And, you know, they're, you know, I love them to death. I mean, I got to be friends with Paul and, and, you know, because he played, you know, he played Washburn when I was with Washburn before I went to PRS, and um, I got to sign, you know, sign autographs with him and Nam, and you know, met his son and you know everything like that. And you know, to me, it's just like you know, you're sixty some years old. Like, don't, don't, like, play the old stuff. You know what I mean? Don't, 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 don't try writing new shit. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, I, I'm like, oh man, like. You know, it's, yeah, I don't know. I, like, I'm torn because, you know, I'd love to hear new stuff, but then at the same time I'm scared because I'm like, you know, you got God of Thunder. And, you know, yeah. you got like, you know, you got, you know, uh, Rock and Roll Over and everything like those albums. And, you know, it's like, wow. Like, how do you top that? You know, and, you know, the thing that's cool is, that, you know, that they are still doing it because they love to play and, you know, they love to be, you know, out there, but like, you don't have anything to prove. You, like you're, like you don't have anything to prove. You're Kiss. Like you are the icons. You are, you are the, you know, you're the reason why people play. You know what I mean? Like. Oh yeah, man. You know, I, I have to. You know, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just hard for me. Like, you know, I, you know, I heard that song that they did on on Letterman, and it's 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 you know it's. It's Kiss, you know, but like at the same time, it's like I, you know, I would have rather heard God of Thunder, you know what yeah. I mean? Or, or, you know, I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's me being selfish because I love Kiss so much. I just want to keep them the way they were, you know, or, or you know, whatever. But yeah. I mean, up until um, about a year and a half ago, they were they were of the stance and quite a vocal that they had no intention of making new music because it wasn't there was no point in it. Right. You know, as Paul Stanley had, had said in a quote, you know. Here's a great song. People say that's a good song, but now play Love Gun. And and you know there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of truth to that. You go to a show and you know you 
break, you know, a lot of bands break out the new song, and that's, you know, a lot of people head to the restrooms. And, you know, exactly. when they're to that's that iconic level that they are. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. You know, I don't, you know, I don't mean anything to, you know, to be negative, but, it's, but at the same time, like, you know, when I went to see the Stones or whatever, it's like, you know, they start busting out like wild horses and give me shelter and, you know, start me up and all that stuff. And, and you know, then they're like, you know, we're going to play a new one. And it's like, well, yeah. why? Why? I mean, yeah. you have so many songs that are, that are, you know, iconic songs. And, and how many people can say that? Like, how many people can say they have iconic songs? I mean, that's, that's massive. I mean, that's just like, you know the days of the days of Van Halen and Kiss and the Stones and Judas Priest and, and the and Ozzy and Sabbath and like it's over. I mean, there's there's you know it's going to take a band to really come out and just take over the world. You know what I mean? Like that there's there's like like we said before, there's so many bands out there. It's you know, it's almost impossible. A band that doesn't, doesn't self destruct in the process. You know that's the other thing. Is you know. Yeah, I remember. I remember, I remember in like 1987 having a conversation with a buddy of mine when we listened to Appetite for Destruction for the first time, saying, "This is the new Led Zeppelin," and and the wheels just completely came off that bus. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah. I, you know, Amen. I, you know, I remember the first time I heard Appetite. I'm like, holy, like, who is this? Like, because then it was, you know, Poison and and uh, you know all those bands, and they came out and they were so pissed. You know, they were just pissed at everything, and it was like, I like that. You know, that was slamming. You know, and, and just the songs, and then you know, then when you saw them, like Slash and and Duff and you know Axel, just you know, wearing hockey pads and you know, just like catchers stuff, and like they mm-hmm. they 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 were on their own, man. I mean, that was that was they they broke you know boundaries that people that people just uh, still try to get to you know where they are and. And, uh, you know, to me, it's just, you know, even with, like, the CD sales, like, the only band that I even can right now think of that you can't go on iTunes and download their shit is Tool. Like, yeah. you you can't go on and find anything with Tool. I mean, you know, you figure the last CD they came out with, you know, that 10,000 Days, look at the look at the packaging on that CD. Like, yeah. You have to make money to to um you know come up with that. I mean it, it's you know 3D glasses and all the stuff in there. I mean if you had people download on iTunes, you're going to lose your you you know lose your ass on it and I mean it's it's you know so they had they had to just um make it for buying only. And uh yeah. But then at the same time like even you know Ozzy the um the last Aussie record, it, it took like almost a couple months for him to go gold, you know, and that's Aussie. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? It's it's just like, you know, you remember before, like where CDs would come out and they'd be just bam, like the first couple yeah. days, you know, yeah, like a week. It's it's just, you know, gold, platinum, you know, or even think, dude, think of Michael Jackson. Day after he dies, he sells what? How many million in a oh, record? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, uh, that's that's insane. Yeah, yeah, I don't get the, uh, and I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older now, but I don't get that buzz the day a CD's coming out that I have to get it. You know, I have to no. be there at the record store. Oh, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll admit I, I was in Walmart at like 6.30 on Tuesday morning to buy the new Kiss CD, but I'm a little bit geekish when it comes to Kiss. 
But uh, I mean, there's very few bands, you know. Oh, I'll get it when I get it. You know, new Megadeth. Want to get it? But yeah, you know, I get it when I get it. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And you know. Yeah. Oh well, you know. Even think about this. I mean, you know, like when you got Love Gun. You got a you know you got a pop gun you know you got tattoos or whatever in it you know you got things and like you always wanted to know what they look like like you know how you know what's different this year than than they were last year like you know how are the outfits you know they're going to look different like you were psyched to see the packaging you know and now you got a clear case with a plain CD that in Sharpie marker says Kiss or Sharpie marker says you know. Black Label or Ozzy or whatever. I mean, it's just like, where's the? There's no magic in that anymore. I mean, it's just like, well, you know, I burned it. I got into my car. Cool. You know, I mean, I've got a little picture on my on my iPod that I can't open yeah. it up. I can't read it. Like, you know, yeah, I used to. You know, you get it. You do. You'd read the special thanks to you know to see if you know was was Motley Crue thanking Ozzy in the, the liner notes and stuff like that back in the day. But uh, right now. I'm, almost irrelevant. You just pay your nine ninety nine and you have it in a couple of minutes. You know. Yeah, Plus I mean it's no mystery, you know what the songs sound like before you ever download the thing. Right, right. You know, it's even you know, I'm I'm you know, I'm guilty of it, you know, I do it, you know, I'm I'm not gonna say I'm perfect, you know, but like even like the new Alice uh you know uh, the new Alice and Chains came out. I mean that that C D is it's sick. I mean, I, you know, I, you know, I, I, I'll be honest. I was, I was, uh, you know, hesitant because, you know, I love Lane, and, uh, you know, and, you know, obviously, I mean, you know, Mikey played with us, Mike Inez, and, you know, mm-hmm. I'm friends with Sean and Jerry, and, and, but man, it just, it, it, it punched me in the face. I mean, those songs are. That's probably one of the best Alice albums. Yeah, you know, it is. I, I, I was. Has a chance to hear some of it as well, and it's yeah, it's really strong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, William, William just kicked ass. I mean, you know, God bless him too, man, because you know that you know he's going to go through a lot of you know, man, you're not Lane, and blah blah blah, and it's like, you know, he's gonna he's you know he's got some massive shoes to fill, but you know that's the cool thing is he's not trying to fill any shoes. It's it's he you know they're 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 trying to be. Alice 2010, you know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it's cool, man, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, like, I think the whole thing of this is just how hard the music industry is now. I mean, it's just the only way that you make money is merch. I mean, that's, that's honestly yeah. the only way if you didn't have merch, you'd be, wow, you'd be, uh, you'd be flipping burgers. I mean, it's, uh, it, it, it does seem that, I mean, even the days of, like, you know, bands coming to town and filling a 12,000-seat arena, you know. Right. I mean, there's tons of live shows coming through Pittsburgh. Um, you know, I pay a lot more attention to that than I had in a long time. And, you know, there are bands probably, you know, three, four nights a week, but still they're playing, you know, relatively small venues. Um, you know, tickets are twenty, thirty bucks. You know, you, occasionally you have somebody worth driving out to Star Lake, or showing my age there, the Post Gazette Pavilion, but not nearly as many as there was twenty years ago. Right. So, I mean, you don't, you don't uh, find yourself going to three shows a week, especially you know big shows like you used to have. You know, you would have you know a 
week where you have White Snake coming one week and you know Kiss and Motley Crue and you know some iteration oh, of Van yeah. Halen, you know playing to twelve thousand people in it, you know in Pittsburgh, you know where we're you know always kind of dubbed a smaller market and they still were selling out arenas so. You, know, you just don't see the, the kind of rock bands that can do that kind of tour without doing it as a giant conglomeration or a package, you know, the rock star mayhem and, the, you know, those kind of things, which I think bands need to do to survive anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, even even think about it. Like, there's only a few bands that can go out and sell out you know, like like we're you know talking about like Metallica. I mean, they can go out and they can sell out you know, arenas, you know, arenas, stadiums, uh, you know, whatever. But like, you know, think of you know think of Ozfest. I mean, it you know Ozzy Osbourne. It takes like eight bands, nine bands, to get mm-hmm. what sometimes it doesn't even sell out. You know, the, you know the stadiums, and that's and that's Ozzy. I mean, like, you know, how much bigger can you get? You know, and, and it's just. You know, with the economy and with with you know with everything, it's it, it's hard to buy those tickets and and you know and some people don't want to sit in the lawn and you know they want to be up close and you know and that's that's where you know sometimes I like doing smaller club shows because like all the fans that are in the lawn, those are the fans you want up front. You yeah. know, like you know even like with Ozfest, like like when we played like first or second on the main stage, it was terrible. It was like you're sitting there on stage and there's people sitting there eating hamburgers, looking at their watch, waiting for their favorite band to come on. And, you know, like I remember Rob Zombie, Rob Zombie played and there was a, there was this guy in in his, I guess it was a wife or girlfriend or whatever. And they were sitting in the front row and they were obviously not black label Rob Zombie fans. I I forget who else was on the, you know, the tour with us, but like they were sitting there and like they had nice outfits on and like white shirts and stuff. And, and you know, and that's cool. But like, if you don't like the band, go somewhere because we have to look at you. You know, and you yeah. feed off people. Like we, like you feed off the crowd. And I don't care if there's like ten thousand people around the, those two. Those two people will affect me. Like, yeah, you know, for some reason, like the odd thing will always affect you more. And I remember Rob. Rob had them. He had the camera guy that puts you up on the jumbotron go down and sit right in front of him, and sat there and put him on the jumbotron, all of all of Thunderkiss, and then uh, when they did Dragula, uh, Riggs, his old guitar player, had his guitar that was full of like fake blood, and yeah. he turned around. I was standing, yeah, I was standing behind his amp, and he looked at me. He goes, "Bloodbath." And he he drank the blood and spit it all over their all over their outfits and and like the guy threw a coffee 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 cup at him and he was gonna jump in the crowd and I'm like well that kind of got out of hand but it was like like you know like just if you don't like the band that's cool I mean you know not everybody likes the same thing but like don't sit there and like cross your arms and look at your watch and eat a hamburger it's like you know we're 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 trying to do a job and entertain people. And it's hard to do that when you got people that are just, eh, like, you down. yeah, you know, they'd rather be at home Depot or something and sit here and listen to you guys. You know, it's like, that's, that's not cool, but, but yeah, yeah it's like, no, it's you know, like, you know, we're going to see, um, uh, we're going to see Metallica in, uh, Cleveland on the 15th. And, uh, 
you know, I'm 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 psyched. You know, I haven't seen Robert in a long time. I sent him a text and you know told him we were coming out, and he was you know he was you know excited and stuff. And like, I didn't even know they were on tour. You know, and that's another thing. Like, there's so many you know bands will go out and like you don't even know. Like, yeah. you know, back back in like the '90s, you know, you know, even early like 2000, like they would. It'd be, you know, everywhere, like Kiss, Metallica, you know, Guns N' Roses on the road. Now it's like, uh, okay, now we got you know, Metallica coming and blah, blah, blah. Then, you know, just don't really do anything, you know? I, I, yeah. I don't know. You don't hear the, the advertising on the radio as much as you used to. Right, right. Or, or even how, like, impactful it was. Like, just, you know, they'd had the, you know, the song playing in the background and got you all pumped up for it. And, I mean, you yeah, know, I, I remember think, the- I think we were just spoiled. I can't, you know. Yeah, it was, yeah. People can make fun of the '80s all they want, but it was a great time, um, mm-hmm. you know, for rock music. I mean, yep. You know, I, I remember going to see Alice in Chains with Van Halen, and you know, there's a bill that you know would command a big, big ticket dollars today. Mm-hmm. It was just that just happened to be the band they picked up on their tour, you know, and it was I think shortly after Facelift came out. Right. I remember when when they took the stage, my buddy and I stood up and were like, we were way back in the pavilion and stood up and yelled and no one else stood up because like, I could oh. tell they didn't quite, nobody knew who they were yet, but we had uh, you know, picked up a man on the box pretty quick because he used to be on at like 2 a.m. on the Headbangers Ball, you know, back then. But, yeah. At any rate. Um, no, I know. You know, I was, I was actually at that that tour too is um Alice and Van Halen, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah I remember uh-huh. uh just going to see him and like, you know, Wayne was up there with his uh trench coat and the dreadlocks and, you know, the shades on and I remember him saying like he goes, We're gonna play our single now and everybody starts like chanting like Man in the Box or whatever. He's like, No, you know then he did like We Die Young or something. I was like, Wow, that was that was heavy. You know. Yeah, I remember like Bleed the Freak and some stuff on the uh-huh. first album. Yep. And it was so, you know, people can talk about Nirvana and Pearl Jam and stuff, but I think Alice kind of came out of left field, you know. I mean, the rest of the bands all kind of blended together. I think Alice kind of did a good job of blending into the metal world. Right. Better than those bands. Yep, um, absolutely. You're, um, you had mentioned a little bit ago uh, about Washburn. You... um no longer affiliated with Washburn. You're now with Paul Reed Smith. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Yep. And you have a signature line coming out? Yeah, it's going to probably be a uh, NAM release, probably January, uh, probably the first of the year. And uh, I'm, I'm psyched, man. I mean, they had a, a Paul Reed Smith experience uh, a couple weekends ago, and we went up, and, and it was it was amazing. I mean, just being there, I was I was there with, like, Carlos Santana was there, and Buddy Guy, and 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 uh, Weasel Zappa, and you know I got to play with uh, I got to play with uh, Paul Paul Reed Smith and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Derek St. Holmes, who sang Stranglehold with Ted Nugent, was Ted's you know singer from you know for a while, and and um, you know I played Stranglehold even like in high voltage and stuff, but I never got to like play with the guy that sang it, you know, and that was yeah, that was awesome, you know. And uh, it was, you know, it was killer, man. I mean, they're they're just a really, really, really great company, you know. And uh, just 
take guitar, care of you and tr- treat you like family, you know. The guitar would be a single cutaway, kind of like your other guitar. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a single cutaway. It's going to be probably one of the one of the thicker uh, Paul Reed Smiths. It's uh, you know, it's going to have like the same feel, you know, as like a Les Paul, like a thick neck and you know, mm-hmm. thicker body and and um, just um, you know, try to keep it keep it simple, but keep it uh, keep it uh, you know. Just kind of like a weapon, you know what I mean? Just, just uh, yeah. heavy and thick and just sick, you know. That's that's what I'm trying to do. You know, it would be mahogany. Yeah, Excellent. yeah, it'd be uh, mahogany with a maple top, and um, nice. you know, keep well, always it, uh, proud when a Pittsburgh kid gets a signature line. That's that's got to oh, yeah. be kind of the ultimate. They'll see your name on the guitar and not have done it yourself with a sharpie. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, even you know, you know, even with Washburn, I mean, they, you know, they made me great guitars. I mean, and everything, you know, they they made me actually really like, you know, iconic guitar, like the shot the hell guitar and and everything like that. But it was just, uh, you know, things were bad, you know, with the economy and stuff, and just, um, you know, they just. I don't know, man. It just, you know, started to get hard to get things, and you know, if I needed something, just, you know, weren't stepping up, and and um, you know, Paul Reed Smith. It's like, you know, my tech, you know, with Black Label, he'll, he'll be like, okay, well, you know, we need so and so, you know, how many truss rods or whatever, and next thing you know, like like next day they're there, and and there's there's no messing around. I mean, it's yeah, it's not nice uh, to matter to them. Yeah. All right. Well, I I appreciate. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Nick. Um, I'll yeah. let you go. I'm sure, you've got lots okay. to do. Um, and if there's anything we can do for you to help, Bano and SpeedX, uh, when you get the CD out, um, if you want to drop us a line, we'd be happy to try to promote that for you. And we'll certainly keep people abreast of the new Paul Reed Smith signature guitar. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Ben. All right. Thanks. Okay. I hope you enjoyed the interview. Uh, if you'd like to provide any feedback. Feel free to use the uh, website ironcityrocks.com and use the contact link and you can send us your thoughts on the show or you can go to iTunes uh, and search for Iron City Rocks and uh, provide feedback there. That would be a great help to the show. Uh, We're also on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash ironcityrocks, myspace at myspace.com forward slash ironcityrock and on Facebook as well. Uh, special thanks to Nick Sr. for helping me get the interview set up. He was uh, phenomenal to deal with, and I couldn't have done it without him. So hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll talk to you next time.